0: Hey everybody, Bams here. I just want to do a quick little announcement. this episode it bumps up against some potentially unpleasant memories for some people, and I just want to put an additional little message here so people who may want to skip this one can skip this one. There'll be a little recap that happens at what amounts to the aftermath of this episode, specifically, this is. Cookie and Doyle going on that little dinner date. Nothing explicit happens. They don't get into anything super graphic. But as I was editing it and listening to it, I was... I just got a squidgy feeling. And I know that other people out there have had different experiences than I have had. So if you get a squidgy feeling about a date with such an air quotes, gentleman, total skis ball, And a young woman who may get too drunk for her own good, well, I would suggest passing this one over, and then we'll give you a little recap on the next episode where it is relevant, because there's some behind-the-scenes stuff going on. But everybody involved from the cast is fine. There's no ill will or hurt feelings or anything like that. We've all discussed and talked about what we are comfortable with. I just want to make sure that the listeners out there are also comfortable with listening. So, thank you for putting up with me. Thanks for listening, and I hope that everybody enjoys the episode.
1: Massachusetts. The scene opens in an elegant landaulet as it pulls away from the museum at Miskatonic University. Doyle, the curator of the museum, has insisted on a dinner engagement with Charlotte Cookie Miller, agent of the Department of Esoteric Relics and Parchment. It should be a fun and engaging time for the both of them, save for one trifling detail. An ethereal third wheel, who is displeased with this turn of events. You could even say that in regards to Cookie, this spirit can be possessive.
2: Yes, Cookie. The, the the event tomorrow. I hope the the dress you have, um, is is more fitting for for a gala like this. We have so many people coming. Senators. Uh, the governor is supposed to be here. What an ass! We'll have. Some very well-known academic, well, not well-known to you, dear, and he'll put his hand on your knee when he says that. Not well-known to you, dear.
0: Your hands off her.
2: And I'm just very excited. This collection that's been donated from the Fitzhume family, do you, are you aware of Fitzhume? He's well-known in Boston. Do you Do you recognize the name? I believe I've heard it. I think I read it in the papers. Yes, most likely. He does a lot of good community work. There's a lot of other terrible newspapers. They're trash. Some of them are just absolute trash. Not even good enough to line a birdcage with. But he has secured a wonderful collection, and donating it to us is, is going to just really add another layer to our collection.
0: It'll give me more stuff to talk about.
2: Am I boring you? No, sir, I was just wondering
3: if you could tell me before tomorrow what some of the highlights of the collection are.
2: Let me tell you
0: about my boring collection.
2: Well, there are several letters to help prove the provenance, but the main feature is a very old tome, well, a book to you. Excuse me? And this this book is written... Um, again, I, I'm sure you know. You're b- religious somewhat. You should know what Latin is. I do know uh,
3: uh, uh, what Latin is. However, I can't speak it. Can you speak Latin, Mr.
2: Doyle? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've looked at the book.
0: Pay Latin, maybe.
2: And uh, studied some of the oh wonderful, wonderful writing in this book uh, back in the centuries ago when this book was uh, written, and it looks like it was written in the hand of several different people, uh, which is very important. You need to keep that in mind. And uh, These people back then really believed in some strange things. If you could imagine thinking that if you uttered some simple words, you could affect something in the world, like witchcraft. It's ridiculous.
0: About as interesting as thinking any of this is entertaining.
2: Oh, my. But this book like I said, it's it's got some wonderful examples of religious belief, uh, the belief in the occult that they had hundreds of years ago. And it's fascinating.
3: Heathens.
2: Exactly. Exactly. But what did they know? They weren't educated and not like me. Not like
0: me. Oh, God, I called it.
3: Does this, you called it a tome. Does this tome have a name?
0: the nerdonomicon
2: Well yes dear it does it it does have a name it's the the aether and he's going to like look at you hoping you'll kind of follow along with him Aether Anamem
3: Anamem Scriptor Now that's a hard one
2: Scriptor No dear scriptor There's an O. Scriptor. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so it's a wonderful collection. There's some other pieces, items he's found, religious artifacts. When he found the entire collection in that building. Just
3: in a building? I would think it would be in a pyramid or something.
2: Oh, my dear. Oh my goodness. Oh, you're, <laughs> oh, you're delightful. Oh, oh you Oh, you silly little thing. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you don't know all of the things that I went to school to do about. Oh, I, we're here. Well, let's stop the conversation. And once we sit down, I will tell you all about how the collection was found. And then you'll pull up to a very nice restaurant in the little sleepy town of Arkham. A valet will come open the door for you to get out. He's going to get out, walk around. He'll offer his arm to escort you in. Uh, Of
3: course, I gladly take it.
2: And he'll walk in. He'll be greeted by a maitre d' who is just fawning all over him. He's going to take his jacket, your jacket, and seat you at a very quiet little booth table, like in a dark little romantic corner.
3: And the whole time, I'm as demure as I can possibly be, taking my jacket off, keeping my eyes down, walking very carefully. These shoes are a little higher than I'm used to.
2: Well, it's a good thing his arm is there for you to lean on.
3: This is a lovely place. Do you come here often?
2: Oh, yes, yes. I'm a, I'm a regular here. This is my, my- a table they they keep it open for me should I ever decide to come and have dinner so that's a lie i-i hope you too will enjoy it and um yes, 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 but i-i must say you you do look beautiful in this light
0: in any light, jackass,
2: thank
3: you so much, Mr. Doyle. I really appreciate that. Um, Do they have any good wines here? I could really go for a glass of red.
2: Red? Really? Okay. It is evening. Typically, a lady would drink white, but never mind. And he'll call over a waiter. He'll order a Merlot. He'll also then order for himself. He knows what he wants, and he'll... Look to you, what would you like to have for your meal, dear?
3: uh the surf and turf that I saw as we were coming in that looks divine
2: uh, you you want the steak and the the tail
0: concerned about your pocketbook,
3: if that's all right i I brought some money, we could. We could go Dutch. I can buy my own dinner.
2: Oh, no, dear. No, no, no. <laughs> Look to the waiter. It's just... I I, I guess women in uh, Boston are just heartier eaters than I remember.
3: Well, I am pretty hungry. It was a long car ride down.
2: Oh, yes, yes. I could imagine being stuck in a car with... Oh, with that... Grouped of a man, and, and then that false academic, and then I'm still trying to figure out how a child works for the government.
1: Yeah, at least we can agree on some things.
3: It was a little uncomfortable, especially because we had packed for so many days, and then all of their suits and my gown for tomorrow, just a little more than normal, I'd say.
2: Oh yes, the duties of a lady—always having to keep the others on track and make sure you pack everything they need to truly assist them. Though it's—it's—it's it's, it's good that you do that for them.
3: Well, you know, we we do tend to work
2: very well as a team. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sure they make you feel like part of the group. What an I
0: hate this guy.
3: Absolutely. They certainly do.
2: Oh, excuse me, my dear. I did promise to to finish uh, the tale of the collection, though, if you wish to move on from the the subject of your cohorts.
3: Yes. um, Please tell me more about the
2: Aether scriptor. No, Aether Animum Scriptor. The O at the end.
3: I'm sorry. I sometimes don't remember.
2: No, no, no. It's okay. Some people just don't have a mind to grab a new language.
3: Very true. I doubt I could learn Latin. What kinds of things does it say? You said you've read it.
2: I've read some of the pages, yes.
3: Have you made anything happen?
2: made anything happen. Oh, dear, don't tell me you're falling for this whole spells and rituals. There's no such thing.
0: It's actually the world's oldest cookbook.
2: It is simply a collection of old wives' tales, folklore, myth. How disappointing.
3: I was hoping for exciting tales of crazy adventures.
2: Well, um, some of the the stories, the folklore in there are are pretty harrowing, if I must say. But I don't think they are like the dime novels that perhaps you are, are thinking of.
3: Oh, I don't spend my time reading that rubbish.
2: Oh, of course you don't. He'll put his hand on your hand and pat it.
3: And with that, I just take a gulp of my wine.
0: Ashes, eyeing the knives and silverware, seeing which one would go best in his hand.
2: So, the collection was, as I said, Mr. Fitzhume in Boston. Very well-known man, very generous man. But is also a real estate developer. Has many properties in some of the less desirable areas of Boston. And it was in one of these buildings that housed many of a certain kind of population from it was in this building when he was evicting some of those people and seizing their property, of course, because they owed him money and it is his legal right to do so. That he found the tome in question and several other interesting pieces that, uh, seeing these people were hiding, which we can't begin to understand why they put them under floorboards or inside walls, but they did, and and so he knew when he saw them their import, and and quickly uh, reached out to me, and and I said we needed to investigate and look at these uh, items in as fast as we could and and so he brought them up and and I've spent the past 2 weeks studying the items and and I said this is a fantastic collection and we would love to have it at the university and and he agreed and and so we decided to have this uh event the scala in his in his honor for his generosity and for finding an important artifact such as uh the one he did and why it was in the hands of those people. I'm amazed that they didn't sell it for uh, whiskey money.
3: Well, I would think to pay their rent if they were to be
2: evicted. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe when they sober up, somebody can ask them. Perhaps your team, the the false uh, academic, uh, the Peter... He could.
3: Yes, probably. You said when they need to sober up, where from overseas did these people come from? Are they Italians? Irishmen?
2: I believe it was the latter, dear, if you really wish to speak of the unsavory aspects of this find.
3: Oh, my. I just think that is wild. And they say that you can say the words out loud and things will happen. What types of things?
2: My dear, when you drink enough liquor, you'll believe anything. And he's going to kind of look at your wine a bit.
3: And of course, I take another sip. Big gulp. It's getting close to empty <laughs> because I've been sipping the whole time he's been speaking
2: um again my my dear charlotte they uh, what they believe isn't of concern the book itself is the find the items within just give us an idea of what the people in that time period were thinking their belief system words do not have any kind of power there's no such thing that's what you think As a magic, there's no such thing as being able to commune with uh, those who have crossed over. It's just just a, a ridiculous idea.
3: Aside from prayer, I'm a good Christian who believes in the power of prayer.
2: Yes, indeed. But prayer is a communication to God. It is not talking to one's dead grandmother.
3: That is true. I do ask God to tell my grandmother sometimes I miss her. Exactly. You don't profess. Uh, maybe another glass of wine. Are you ready for another drink?
2: He'll grab the bottle and, and fill your glass again. Maybe a little more than he did before.
3: Thank you. I just. I don't like to talk about my grandmother. I. She was one of my favorite people and I. I miss her.
2: We don't need to speak about her. Anyway, the book that we found is truly remarkable. And I can't wait to unveil it. And I know this will bring in other academics from around the world who will just, oh, they will be vying to spend time with this tome.
3: I heard about a book one time. That was made from human skin.
2: Oh, my dear. Uh, I wish you weren't so susceptible to the words of others. It's true. No, My dear, it was probably made from the, the skin of an animal, a pig, which really does mimic human flesh quite easily. Most likely that. I think people just try to build up the, the legend, the, the myth of some items, make them more, more uh, terrifying to the more sensitive sex.
3: I can't imagine. It probably has hair on it, even if it is pig skin. But I thought they said it was it was
2: human skin. My dear, I'm sure they were just having a laugh at your expense.
3: I should hope not. This is very good wine.
2: Well yes, yes, yes. It it is. It's it's from a vineyard on um oh well I'm not gonna you probably wouldn't even understand, but it is a good wine and yes, you should have as much of it as you would like, my dear. This is the whole evening, I appreciate your um, team providing uh, protection. I'm not quite sure why Agent Patterson felt it was need. Probably because the last time your team was here, a book did end up uh, disappearing. So I'm not quite sure why having you here now is going to ensure that it won't. Maybe it's a recompense for your failure to act on your last visit.
3: I was under the impression that you had invited us back to do security.
2: Well, no, no. Patterson apparently has ears everywhere. And he heard about us finding the collection and, and the book. And, well, he insisted that we protect it. And, well, you can't really argue with the man when he says that it is a vital piece of historic writing that should be protected. I mean, obviously, he's correct in that regard. The only issue I had was who he sent to protect it. Granted, to have the opportunity to have dinner with you and to see you and have you be my escort at the gala is begins to make up for having to have the others here.
0: Such a valuable asset you are.
3: Well, thank you. I I certainly appreciate that. Can you pass the breadsticks? They look really good.
2: I'll push it over, and shortly after the waiter's going to put the food in front of you, you'll have a very large plate with a steak and lobster vegetables. It's Way more food than he has.
3: Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, it smells so good. Would you like a piece of this? Would you like to try?
2: No, no. Please, my dear, you eat off of your plate. I'll eat off of mine.
3: And I just cut a good little piece of the
2: steak. And pick it up with
3: my fork and just kind of put it near him. Are you sure you don't want a bite of this? Because
2: it's good. Puts his napkin up. Please, please, Charlotte, you're making a scene. Just eat your meal. I'll eat mine.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. It's very good. And oh, lobster. I haven't had lobster. In forever. I love Massachusetts.
2: Yes, yes, it's it's lovely. Charlotte, you don't go out much, do you? No, I work
3: a lot. So I'm either at work or at home, mostly.
2: That's unfortunate. You're no suitor to... To take you out on the lively streets of Boston. That's very sad. I, well, if you were here in Arkham, I'd have you out two, three nights a week. That's what you think. I don't know
3: if I could handle eating like this two or three times a week.
2: Well, no, we would definitely have to deal with, uh, that particular habit but nonetheless i i would find your company to be quite charming i'm surprised no men in boston have said the same
3: um i don't know i don't know if i want to
2: settle down and be a housewife i like my job that's true that's true you you can enjoy this um job For the time being, but eventually you'll want to be a homemaker. I mean, that in itself is a very important position. And it's just a matter of time before some lucky man is uh, going to sweep you off your feet and put you right into a home.
3: Lucky man, that's very sweet of you, Doyle. I really, really appreciate you saying that. I don't know why Philip doesn't like you, because you guys seem like you would get along so well. Well,
2: he appear that way, but I think that's because he puts up a very good act of talking like a well-educated academic. But, I mean, <laughs> where's he been? Egypt? Can I have a little more wine? Oh, yes, my dear, yes. Pour more. I mean, Egypt does have its wonderful history, of course, but everybody goes to Egypt, and it seems that that's been the only place he's really been. Has he been to, to Asia? Marrakesh. He's been to Marrakesh. Yeah, exactly my point, dear. Has he been to the Great Horn of Africa? Has he seen the pyramids in South America? I think he's English. They're everywhere, the (laughs) English. Yes, yes, yes. My point is here, he just seems to be a one-note expert. Where have you been? Oh, oh, my dear. Oh, let's see. I studied in Europe. And then I've gone around the Mediterranean Sea looking at those cultures from Greece, uh, Turkey, Spain, Italy, Morocco. I hear the
3: water there is so blue. I'm sorry. That's what Philip told me, that the water there is so blue. Philip told me it's very blue.
2: In the Mediterranean?
3: Yes. I think so.
2: What else does Philip
3: tell you? I don't know. Something about spices in
2: Marrakesh.
3: And I think he told me about a hookah,
2: which I still don't understand that one. I see. I see. How unfortunate that this is all the knowledge that he has gained and what he has imparted to you. The color of water.
3: I mean, there's been other things, I guess. I just can't think of anything right now. No, no, no. And he more wine. He does know some stuff, though, for sure. He knows things, I'm, I think. Hmm.
2: Yes, yes. I'm sure he knows the value of a fine painting and also a good forger. No, he hates paintings. Hates them. Uh, he's going to drink more of his wine. Why is that?
3: I have no idea. Maybe he just doesn't like art. Hmm.
2: Maybe he just can't appreciate art. Much like perhaps they don't appreciate you and, and the beauty you bring to the team.
0: He really can't seem to make up his mind.
3: You're <laughs> sweet. Thanks. Oh, this is so, such a good meal. I am so glad you asked me to come out with you this evening. We have to do this again.
2: He's going to scooch around the booth a little bit, get a little closer, and put his hand on your hand. And uh, I would very much appreciate spending more time with you, Charlotte.
0: We really don't need another one.
3: And with that, I kind of stiffen a little and just shake my head just to clear it because now I realize it's getting foggy in here. When I'm in town, I would love to meet with you. But it's been such a long time since I've been able to be here. And, you know, I live in Boston. So it's not like I'm going to be here a lot.
2: Well, my dear, I can always find a reason to come to boston if that's what it takes
3: um we'll see we will definitely see can you tell me more about the scriptor and what was found with it
2: scriptor it's an o scriptor scriptor
3: Tor. It's an O.
0: You really have to make that o, o shape with your mouth. He's really, really
3: used to that kind of thing. Or. Scriptor. Was there any magical
2: items? Charlotte, my dear, I have told you there is no such thing as magic. These people just put false faith into totems and words and ideas and oh and his hand will kind of go down now to your, to your knee and pat it and then he'll rest it there there's no magic
0: you're gonna see some magic
3: and I just take a big sip of my water at that shake my head it is I know not magic, but let's just pretend if it was. Was there any pretend magic stuff there, like like you guys had that cool bowl that was magic when we were here before, right?
2: We had a bowl uh
3: it's kind of fuzzy but. I thought you had bowl, ritual bowl, magic, ritual bowl. I thought I saw that.
2: Come to think of it, when we... The last time you we were here, the, the one book did go missing, but we did have a couple items, other items, lesser items, go missing as well. What? Are you saying that you, you knew it was missing... Did you take it?
3: No. I didn't take anything. I'm not a stealer.
2: Then how did you know about it? It wasn't on display. It was down in the storage where your team spent the majority of their time.
3: Ooh, I had to get the we the projector. The, some, the Definitely the projector. But anyway, magic, right?
2: yes, yes, magic, right. If it existed, then yes, there are many items in the book and some other pieces that certain individuals felt possessed magic capabilities. The tome has several passages that were written that um, one could, if they were of a certain belief to feel that if you uttered the words, an incantation that an effect on the physical world would manifest.
3: Wow. Do you ever get any of those crazies in the museum that try and say the words out loud? No.
2: No, the only individuals get that get to open... Books like that are are academics, people who have a stellar reputation in the community. They get to study it because they know that there's no such thing as magic. If anybody wishes to come in and and look at the book as as though they're going to use it, well, no, my dear Charlotte, no. We do not let them look at the books.
3: That's good because those people... Are nutters because there is no such thing as magic.
2: I couldn't have said it in a better way, my dear. You are correct. They are nutters.
3: I am, I cannot possibly eat another bite. And I have basically destroyed my plate, eaten everything except for. Too little peace.
2: Well, it seems it's it's getting late and I don't want to keep you out for too much longer. Would you like me to escort you home or perhaps back to my place for a nightcap? Ash.
0: Don't go home with him. He's going to look at him. He knows what he's doing. I'd be worried about getting in a car with him.
2: I'm sorry, who is, Ash, what, why would,
3: I'm sorry, I, I should ask um, you for a ride. I don't even have a car here.
2: No, dear. no, dear. I think you've, you've enjoyed the wine a little too much here. Why don't I um help you? And he'll get out of the booth and, and offer his hand to help you. And he'll keep a hand and kind of put the other hand around your uh, waist to kind of keep you stable because you're a little wobbly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
3: these are, I don't wear these shoes all the time. They're kind of new, but they went so well with my dress that I, we decided that I should get them.
2: No, they are lovely and they make you look exquisite
3: this evening. Thanks. I can I can twirl. Do you watch watch me twirl? And I do one of those little spins. Oh no. Don't 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 do do
2: do. Oh no. Come, oh, my dear. Why don't we um get some fresh air and you can twirl out there before we get in the car?
3: I don't know if I can do that again. I'm a little dizzy.
2: Don't you worry. I'm here for you. I'll see to it that you make it to bed.
3: You are such a nice man. I don't know why you and Philip don't get along. You guys seem like you'll be best friends.
2: So he'll escort you out to the car. It's waiting out front. He'll open the door and uh, get you. Uh, do you more fall in or. Oh, yeah. Next thing you know, Cookie, maybe you passed out for a little bit, but you hear. The- the slam of a car door and then you feel the car begin to move so it was a quick little pass out while he went around and got in the car and it kind of startled you awake and now the car's moving i don't know how movement feels for you right now
3: oh man can we slow down a little bit i'm gonna open get a little fresh air
2: oh no yes yes roll the window down and Oh dear are you are you feeling okay? No, I
3: feel fine. It was just a lot of butter I think I think I ate too much butter. We're good. I'm sorry i it, that was delicious. It's good We're good. We're
2: good. Well, uh, Charlotte, forgive me for saying so, but let this be a lesson. Eat less food. When you're out. A piece of chicken, a, a, a salad, a soup. The food you had was what uh, traditionally what um, men would eat. I mean, this is why you don't feel good right now. It was delicious. Loved it. You really should have somebody looking over you. You need someone. This is, again, shot it. you need to consider stopping this uh, government agent uh, career of yours and, and start looking to a man. She has someone, thank you. you.
3: Yeah, I I don't think I need a man.
2: I'm good. Good. Hmm. Good. Well, Charlotte, I, I doubt you'll remember this in the morning, but even with your rough nature... I still am very quite attracted to you, and and I think I would like to pursue a relationship. And again, I'm sure you won't remember any of this, but I will do my best to show you that I am probably the man that could protect you, educate you, show you the finer things in life. And I think you would greatly assist me with your beauty and your wit and your charm. You're going to be disappointed. (laughs) I'm charming. Thanks. That's so
3: nice. You're so nice,
2: Doyle. Yes, yes. And he'll, again, reach over, pat your leg. Not your knee. Up higher. The leg.
3: Um, if you don't mind dropping me back at the hotel, please, thank you. I drank way too much and ate double too much butter, I think. I think I I think I'm ready for bed.
2: Yes, yes, I I understand. I shall get you back to the ho- to the hotel. I
3: really, really appreciate that. And I just yawn. Oh, I'm so so tired.
2: Again, Cookie, you are startled awake by the slamming of a car door, and then a gust of cold air hits you as the car door next to you is opened Jesus freezing out freezing Doyle extends his hand yes hurry my dear I'll get you I'll get you in
3: thank you so much and I
2: carefully
3: extra carefully
2: roll dexterity Let's see if you extra careful. Nope, you're stumbling, probably slipping on some ice.
3: Come oh, man, ouch!
2: But you land thankfully right into the arms of Doyle. You didn't land on the ground, but he's got his arms around you to help keep you up. And, ah, oh, my dear, let me escort you inside. And he kind of keeps his arms around you as he walks you towards the door and I let myself be led. You're in warmth and it's bright. You're in the hotel lobby. He's going to walk you over to the stairs and quietly you'll hear him say, do you think you could make it up there or shall I take you all the way to your room?
3: I Stairs are hard at first, but I I think I I'm, I don't remember what my room number is right now. I might need to ask
0: It's 308 and 3 Let's go ahead and get his help
3: 308 308 Let's Yes
2: please Of course my dear Of course and he'll squeeze you a little bit Like a a little hug And he'll slowly help you Make it up the stairs You get onto the second floor And he gives you a, a bit of a breather and he'll walk over to the next uh, flight and you'll end up going up and on the third floor he'll steer you in one direction and next thing you know you are standing in front of a door and you hear him whispering in your ear where is your key?
3: it's in my bag let me and I have a little cute clutch purse that of course I cannot find anything in so I have to dump the whole thing on the floor in front of the door. Oh, no
2: no no no, no, no oh no, no. And when he sees you're going to dump it, he, he takes it out. No, no, my dear. I'll I will assist you. Fuddles through things, moves a badge over, lipstick over, finds the key. You hear him unlock the door and it opens. You're just the best. He walks you inside a dark room and we're going to stop there where's philip so i can get my doyle character cuz all i do is just mirror philip um <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> I need that pretentious ass in here now. That's an um, old acting trick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a Without a Net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know we know we can always do better and we love to know when we're doing well anyway a couple of disclaimers the music you heard and in the intro and the outro is from the great old ones and other beings album by graham ploman you can find that on youtube it is some excellent call of cthulhu music Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition is produced by Chaosium, Inc. Without a net, podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium, Inc. We just think 7th Edition is pretty bomb, and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.